Your net worth is kind of like the barometer that keeps you in check to figure out if you're moving in the right direction. budgeting, cash flow, and investing don't have to be scary words. The We Talk Sense podcast is here to help you learn more about money and take control of your personal finances. The We Talk Sense podcast is not a financial advisor. This podcast is made for entertainment and educational purposes only. All information shared is of a general nature and does not take into account your personal situation. You should consider whether the information is appropriate for your needs and where appropriate, seek professional advice from a financial advisor. For more information, please check out wemoney.com.au slash disclaimer. Hello, hello, it's Blaze from We Talk Sense. I am joined by Dan. You are tuned in to episode 51. Dan, it's Monday the 15th of November. Whew, still in shock. I can't believe when we're in month 11. How are you doing? I am doing fabulous, and we are almost 51 days to Christmas, which is pretty cool and exciting. So you're, the end of the year is falling upon us very quickly. It certainly is. Dan, I may be smiling now during this record, but I've got to tell you, I had a little bit of a dicey one yesterday. Tell me. Tell me more. Well, I almost got scammed on Facebook Marketplace, but... Whoa. Yes, I think I I think I may have avoided it, but I'm sharing this now as a warning to anyone that buys or sells or lurks on marketplace as regularly as I do. I um yeah I was I was trying to sell a cute little black hat and uh, had an interested buyer contact me say hey I'm in this suburb but it's going to take me this long to get there. Like what's your address? I'm like great, send it across. Um, I was excited at the prospect of a sale and probably didn't do the background checks or, you know, didn't really consider my insecurity or safety at any point of this transaction. And then, you know, an hour goes by, they haven't rocked up. Two hours go by, they haven't rocked up. I send a little message saying, hey, you still on your way? I get left on scene and I go, hmm, that's a little bit suspicious. So I send them another message and I get left on left on scene again. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, lo and behold, did a little stalk of their profile Nothing is more sus than someone that has made their profile less than a decade ago on Facebook. This person had made their profile <laughs> 16 hours prior, and I was like, come on, get with the time. You know, no one's that far behind, right? So, um, yeah, shortly after that, I received a couple of spammy phone calls and a text message saying that I had transferred $1,500 via PayPal to this unknown account and to call the number in the, in the text message right away if I wanted to get my money back. And it was at that point that I hit up Mr. Google and said, what's happening here? And sure enough, scam on the scam register. The number was on the scam register and uh, they got me. They got me. It can happen to anyone. Just trying to sell a, a little black hat and look what happened. It can, it can. And Blaze, uh, that's actually a really great topic that we should unpack here at We Talk Sense because... 
uh, you've gone through this process, which sounds like it's quite harrowing. And the guy, the people who are just getting so sophisticated these days on getting your personal details and then you know mm-hmm. putting that into some you know register, you know matching that with any other you know details that you got on the dark web to you know spam you with stuff and get you to a moment where you're feeling really vulnerable about potentially losing money. Hopefully everything's okay and they're not texting you anymore or they're not oh. trying to scam you out of any more PayPal dollars. I, I reported the buyer. I blocked um, the number. I did have the moment of, Ooh, oh my gosh, checked my PayPal, changed my PayPal password, um, and checked my bank account. Thankfully, the bank account I have linked to my PayPal didn't have $1,500 in it. It rarely ever does. So um, I, I was safe there. But yeah, be, do be careful. Um, I wasn't expecting to try and be scammed during a Facebook marketplace sale. So if you are reselling, side hustling, beware. Well, yes, be very aware. And my little uh, unfortunate Facebook um, marketplace story, actually, so it wasn't Facebook marketplace, it was Gumtree. Um, yes. I was about to go on a trip and the night before I was meant to go on a trip, I had broken my phone. And so I went, oh my goodness, I'm going to go find a phone. I don't want to pay full Great price. Timing. So I just thought, you know, Gumtree, let's pick up something cheap before I can go on my trip. Anyway, I was, I was just going to buy an old iPhone and uh, I saw an ad and I thought, oh, there's a iPhone and it's actually pretty reasonably priced and you know this guy selling it is not far away so I went to buy this iPhone we met up get this the alarm bell should have been ringing it could happen to anybody it happened to me oh gosh at a Macca's Macca's car park I mean there are Um, a lot of deals done in those car parks so I hear (laughs) iPhone Gumtree deals apparently definitely definitely look I didn't think twice about it because the the person in the profile looked like it was a pretty stand up character but when I met him it wasn't the person that was in the profile so I was like you you got catfished on a Gumtree sale I got catfished on a a Gumtree sale (laughs) and it all sounded pretty pretty sus and it was a guy that was selling me a fake iPhone (laughs) and I said can you please well, I did turned it say it I-F-O-N-E instead of I-P-H-O-N-E or how did no, they do it? No, I, I turned it on and I had a look at it, but I realized they had no app store on the phone or no iTunes account. And oh. it was like an Android. It was like a really sophisticated Chinese knockoff of yes. a iPhone. And I said, dude, this ain't an iPhone. And he goes, yeah, it is. It 100% is. Needless to say that, you know, I walked away. He walked away. He obviously didn't get his money and I lost about 30 <laughs> minutes of my life. So... It Did can you happen get a victory cheeseburger at least or a, a soft serve a on your way cone. out? <laughs> yes. yes. No, I probably should have. Um, good point. Oh, but, um, boys, we should definitely do an episode about scams because I think they happen all too often and our audience, I think, have probably got stories of their own. But anyway, yes. not to get too far into scam territory because today <laughs> we're going to be talking about something else that's exciting, uh, which is growing your net worth. But before we get into that, what is in the news? What's caught your eye? I feel like buy now, pay later, crypto, they are, every week we must discuss them because they're constantly in the news. And buy now, pay later has once again come out with something that has blown my mind. Dan, have you heard of the drink now, pay later scheme that's just, that's come out? No, I haven't, Blaze. Please do tell me more. Well, I mean, to be honest, from the get-go, sounds like a bloody nightmare is what I'm going to say. Um, drink now, pay later is, well, that's what, they're, what, that's what they're calling it. Essentially, it's hospitality venues are enabling customers to pay with buy now, pay later products. So there's a whole bunch around the country of hospitality venues that have done this. 
I think it's a pretty interesting development. Like we've seen by now pay later expand into things like from just regular clothes shopping and shoe shopping into, you know, services like dentistry and even vet bills and things like that. But now to be expanding into cocktail territory, into wine time, I feel like it's super, super risky being able to put your being able to put your meal or your drinks or whatever it is at the pub on a buy now pay later account yeah I feel like it's going to as someone who myself often wakes up after a night out and goes I'm terrified to check my bank balance I could only imagine what happens when you run out of your bank balance and then you start using buy now pay later drink buy buy now pay later to pay for drinks on a night out I feel like it's just a bit of a recipe for a disaster what do you reckon Dan Oh, oh my goodness. This is, I mean, where is it going to end? I mean, is it going to end with buy now, pay lettering, your buy now, pay letter obligations? Um, Surely. It, it's getting to the point right now where I think, I think this is just getting to the stage where people are the most vulnerable state. And if you think about, you know, you're 18, 19, 20 year old, um, you have probably the least amount of financial education and literacy because you're learning about how to, to learn about money. And you couple that with an awesome night out with, you know, 20 bucks in your bank account, which could potentially be 80 bucks in your bank account with buying a palette, yeah. which is a few rounds, you know, with, um, you know, a few drinks here and there. Must be an awesome, awesome night out. But oh my goodness, that hangover is going to feel twice as bad when you've kind of realized, oh my goodness, uh, I've now have more to pay off and I've got a sore head. Uh, look, I, I think this is like... If there's going to be like a story about where we got to with Pineapple Pay Letter, I think this is probably one of them. And shout out to Taya Twaddle, uh, who, whose handle is on TikTok, uh, for sharing that wonderful, wonderful TikTok about her experience to the background uh, music of Britney Spears' Toxic. I had a giggle. <laughs> um, but thank you for being so brave and sharing your story. What was the TikTok? Taya just, <laughs> the caption goes, me remembering I had to have to pay for a vodka cranberry last night <laughs> and she's clearly woken up in the morning because she's got a head towel on and probably putting some face cleanser on <laughs> and oh, then recounting no. the scenes of the night that was. And, oh, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would anyway. be vodka cranberry. That's like $3 a week for four weeks. I, I would absolutely... I, I have been there before to, at a position where I would need to do that and I'm, I guarantee I'll be there again because, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> once my once my spendings account gets low, I can't help. I, I get tempted. I love spending. I've said it before. Far out. I feel like this is you're you're going to wake up with a hangover, and then in a couple of weeks' time, in four weeks on, you're going to go. I still have a hangover. It's just a financial one. Um, I am really grateful that when I was eighteen, this did not exist because I already spent more than I should have on goon bags and passion pops. So, yes, I will be leaving that in my past, hopefully. Blows. That, that's what that's what we did as uh, as kids, if we can call it that. Is when we couldn't afford it, we just had to go for the lowest and most cheapest option. So uh, I'm right there behind you with with a goon bag as well uh, that we used to use as pillows at the end of the night. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I don't know. This is just, it's getting to the point right now where I think this is just getting a little bit out of control. Key to find out what, you know, our listeners think. If you've got any views about this, slide into our DMs on Insta, get we money and tell us what you think and feel. And have you been a person that has used Afterpay to buy a drink or go to a hospitality venue? We'd love to hear from you. So Blaze, what else has caught your attention this week? Oh, obviously Mr. Musk. <laughs> Papa Musk uh, took to Twitter during the week to ask his followers, fans, friends, foe, 
whether or not he should sell some Tesla stocks to pay tax because he avoids paying tax. And of course, the majority voted, yes, please pay some taxes. You're the richest man in the world and you're not paying taxes. So he sold $1.5 billion worth of Tesla shares to pay to end up paying taxes. So that would be capital gains tax unless it's different in America. Do you know? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, well, he's got a tax bill. I think he has a majority of his net worth in Tesla stock. So he had to sell some stock down to pay a tax bill, uh, which is, I think, normal for a lot of people in the, in the United States, uh, especially people at Elon Musk level. I know he's in a very, very uh, small circle of people that have this problem. But a majority of Elon's net worth is actually tied up in his ownership of Tesla. So if he actually needs to buy anything, like anything big, he actually needs to sell some stock in order to fund that. So yeah, tax bills or uh, anything else that he may want to buy or purchase probably has to come through selling down some Tesla stock, which he's done in this case. Yeah. Dan, you know I hate maths, but I love numbers. So I, with the, with the help of a friend who's quite good at maths, I, I did a little bit of maths to figure out exactly what this would look like. To, to put it in perspective, because you can say $1.5 billion, and I'm like, okay, great, that's a lot of money. But how much is $1.5 billion? So the equivalent of $1.5 billion, just to put into perspective, if that money was used to buy houses, one Elon could buy 30 houses, 30 Australian houses, every single year, for the next 50 years of his life and still have a little bit of money left over. 30 houses a year. That's more than one every two weeks. Like, you don't even have that kind of time to be doing all those home inspections. Imagine owning 1,508 houses. That's that's on average what a what $1.5 billion is worth. Isn't that mental? That is pretty crazy. And I just hate to think that if anybody's got an investment property and has ever dealt with, you know, potentially tenants that aren't exactly the best, <laughs> doing that over one thousand five hundred properties, oh, well, you've got to get some, got to get some bad eggs, I think, there as well. So, uh, well, good on Papa Musk. Um, you know, he's he's doing the right thing. He's paying his tax bill, and the guy is just. He's just going from record to record from record. His net worth, the Twitter poll that he did about should he sell his own shares. Uh, he's got so much heat and attention on him right now in the United States. So I think there's some people out there that uh, are looking into Mr. Musk's affairs in a lot of detail and thinking about how they uh, they might be able to persuade Musk to contribute more of that net worth to other other pursuits. Absolutely. Dan, does your opinion change if I put it into perspective like this? So at the time of recording, Elon Musk's worth net worth is $271 billion. So that the amount that he sold, $1.5 billion, it equates to less than 0.5% of his total income, not even 1% of his total income. And to translate this into relatable terms, if your annual salary was $92,000, you'd be paying around, you would have sold off around $4,600 worth of stock. So yeah, less than 1%. And uh, I mean, people are looking happy that he's selling some stocks and paying some tax but he's still the richest man in the world by like $71 billion. So yeah, good on your Elon, I guess. Yeah, 100%. Well, it's uh, good problems to have for those that have them. Well, Blazy, thinking of net worth, should we get into today's show and unpack what net worth is? Absolutely. Let's do it. Just like Usher, back in 2004, I have a confession for you, Dan. 
up until about nine months ago, I had literally no concept of net worth was. I thought it was just a term that rich people use to talk about how much money they maybe had, but I didn't really have a full understanding. Since jumping on this podcast with you and learning more from the We Money community, I have a better understanding of net worth, but I want to know why is it important? Why do we why do we talk about it? Is it important for regular people like me to know or is it just a big deal if you're big shacking you have a lot of net worth? So, Dan, what is it? Tell me. Spill the beans. What's net worth? Yeah, it's so true. I used to hear that word when even I was like in, in, in like high school thinking, oh, this is just a term that's reserved for you know wealthy people. But in fact, we all have net worths and it's a pretty simple calculation. To define net worth, what you need to... Uh, simply do is think about two uh, concepts. One is your assets and the other is your liabilities. And so an asset is something that puts money in your pocket or has some type of value. So what are some examples of some assets? Well, it's pretty straightforward. You know, cash is a form of an asset. A term deposited in a bank is an asset. Uh, Your own home is an asset. Any equipment or tools that you have uh, could also be considered an asset. Basically, anything that you own is effectively an asset of some description. If it's worth something to somebody else, then it effectively is an asset. And it could be things like also dividends that you receive from income investments, collector's items, basically anything that has a tangible value to somebody else. Obviously, cash being the most liquid form of that, uh, of your net worth, is, is at the top of the pecking order and something that's less liquid. And when we say, liquid, we just mean that it's very hard to turn into cash, will be something like a property. So, you know, house, it takes on average about 180 days to sell your home to somebody. You can't really convert that into cash uh, that quick, but it is still considered an asset. So with assets in mind, then we ask ourselves, what is a liability? Well, liability is also pretty simple to define. It's basically something that takes money out of your pocket or that costs you money. And so that could be any forms of debt. So think about a mortgage, for example, which is a liability. You've got to pay your mortgage off so you can own your home outright. So like a credit card. If you have a credit card with a $5,000 limit and you have $2,000 sitting on that credit card, uh, that effectively is a liability. That two grand is a liability uh, that is on the other side of your equation of your net worth. And a car that breaks down every single two weeks, well, that one, of course, can be a liability. Maybe not the car itself. That's probably an asset. But the liability is the cost that's associated with fixing and repairing that car, be that in the form of a loan uh, or the use of cash that you need to uh, spend to fix that car because the reduction of your cash reduces your assets, which then ultimately changes your net worth. Other things like your HEX and HELP loans, they are also a liability. They're things that you pay off, even though the government helps you pay that off with your taxes each and every single year. And then also, of course, any unpaid taxes. So you might have accrued liabilities uh, from the ATO where you have unpaid taxes, which you need to pay off, and they would be considered a liability. So the most simplest way to think about your net worth is your assets minus your liabilities. So if I have $100 in the bank, and $50 on my credit card bill, I have a net worth of 50 bucks, to put it very simply. A lovely pineapple. Yeah, pineapple in your pocket. And that is the most simplest way to define net worth. It It isn't any more complicated than that. All right. 
So asset is something that puts money in your pocket or is worth value. Liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. On the topic of that, so you mentioned car in liability, but can li- is, is this debatable? Because, you know, I read, um, well, I, I say I read, I listened to the audio book of Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and he mentions, he has a different view on liabilities and says that a car, because you have to pay for petrol and you have to pay for service and it depreciates in value, is considered a liability. But then if we think back to two weeks ago when we had the lovely Alex from Broke Girl Wealth come to visit, she mentioned that she considers her car as an asset because it's appreciated in value during due to the secondhand car boom that's happening at the moment in the market. So, like, how do you make sense of that? Are they assets? Are they liabilities? Does it depend? Is it negotiable? Like, is it debatable, or is there a hard and fast rule for what a what a car would be when it comes to assets and liabilities? Well, a car is an asset because it is something that, if you own, is worth a tangible value to somebody else, and somebody may want to buy that car and exchange it for cash. It technically is an asset. But you also have to consider it's a depreciating asset. So it becomes less valuable with time. So when you think about, you know, if you look out on the street, you find that all the cars going by, uh, any car that's got dents on there and, you know, is uh, probably should belong in a scrap heap, probably isn't worth <laughs> a lot of money. Ultimately, most cars end up like that. And the longer you have your car, the less it is worth. So it's not an, it's not, it's an asset. Usually, it's, usually. Not always, usually. as we've seen at the moment. Correct, 100%. Well, COVID, um, COVID aside, cars typically would be a depreciating asset uh, and ones that don't go over time. There's obviously a lot of exceptions to that rule. One being it could be a collectible car, it could be a rare car, it could be something that is valuable to somebody else and has some sentimental value. So there's plenty of exceptions to the rule, but you know, more generally speaking, uh, as soon as you drive that new car off the lot, it probably is going to depreciate in value to the point where it's going to be worth nothing almost in... Uh, you know, 20 or 30 years' time. A very brief interruption here to let you know that you can automatically track your net worth for free in the WeMoney app. There are charts so you can track how it changes over time. And if you connect your financial accounts, it will automatically update without you even needing to lift a finger. As well as net worth, you can see all of your accounts in one place receive customized offers and access the WeMoney community for tips and tricks in regards to your personal finances. It is 100% free, so what are you waiting for? Download now from the Google Play or the Apple App Store, and if you use the code word podcast, you'll earn $5 when you connect an eligible bank account on sign up. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so why is it important to know your net worth? And is is it something that everyone should know about themselves? Like, is it is it important information? Blaze, it is important because when we think about, you know, going through life, you know, graduating from primary school into high school and thinking about your career and your future, you're going to come across so many different financial events in your life where it's ultimately going to impact the way that you live your later years, your twilight years in your life. So most people, they sort of get a trade or go to uni, they work hard for about 30 to 40 years, they buy a home, they pay that off, they develop some equity and they head into retirement and live off either superannuation uh, or have a nest egg of their property uh, or savings set aside. And what net worth does or understanding your net worth is it puts a marker in the sand about where you currently sit with your net worth at the moment. 
which is really good to determine because a lot of people don't know their net worth. You know, a lot of people, they haven't tabulated everything they own, assets, and they haven't tabulated everything they owe, so they don't really know a picture of what is their net worth. So again, net worth is just simply your assets minus your liabilities. And I think that's very important because if you want to achieve some pretty awesome financial goals in your life, your net worth is kind of like the barometer that keeps you in check to figure out if you're moving in the right direction. If you believe that buying property is part of your longer term uh, portfolio, you've got to consider, well, what's the mortgage against that property? Where's my current property worth today? Is it an up market? Is it a down market? We know, well, if you've lived in Australia for the last 20 years, you probably don't know that property prices um, can go down because they're they're only (laughs) going up one way. Well, but you know, we've seen, you know, plenty of times this were a blip in 2008 where property prices did go down a little bit, but then uh, went on a tear again. But we had a recession in Australia that I think a lot of people listening to this podcast probably don't remember in the early 90s, 1991, uh, or as famously put by Paul Keating, the recession we had to have where property prices actually went down by 30% uh, across the nation uh, in, in in that year. So it's a fluctuating number. It can go up, it can go down, but it gives you a good understanding about where you sit in terms of your assets versus your liabilities. And it's a good way to track and almost gamify your own goals because net worth is probably what a lot of people strive for in, say, the FIRE community. Uh, For people who don't know what the FIRE community is, it's a movement uh, for people who want to become financially independent, retire early. We've covered it on a few different parts of the We Talk Sense shows before. I'll pop a link in the show notes if you want to learn more about FIRE. And the net worth is the ultimate barometer for a lot of people to track their overall progression in their financial life. So it's super important. It's often talked about in the media um, with like celebrities, but it actually just applies to every single person in the world. Everyone's got some type of net worth. They either owe something or they owe something. And the difference between the both is what their current net worth is. And it's important to note that you can actually have a negative net worth. So uh, net worths don't always have to be a positive number. If you have, say, for example, you've just bought a home, uh, you put a 5% deposit down uh, on a property, you've also got a hex debt, you also might have a credit card debt or a car loan, the likelihood is that in your early 20s, uh, you haven't had a chance to develop equity in your property um, or develop a nest egg or some savings. So most people actually in the early 20s probably will start out with a negative net worth until they grow that over time. Obviously, heaps of exceptions to that rule. But if you do have a negative net worth, don't freak out. It's actually quite normal. All right. Dan, you mentioned celebrities before. I'm sure you have some interesting facts for me. Who are the big wig celebrities? How much, what, are, what, are, what are the net worths of celebrities that we know? Well, let's go from top to bottom. I mean, everybody knows that Elon Musk now has been crowned the richest person in the world at $271 billion followed by Amazon founder Jeff Bezos at $201 billion. And then nice. some other people that people might know about, if you're a Star Wars fan, George Lucas, sitting at a cool $9.1 billion. Uh, I thought Paul George Mac- Lucas was the author of Game of Thrones. Am I completely off? <laughs> a quick Google might solve that for you, Buzz. Oh, no, that's George R. George R. R. Martin. Please forgive me. I'm not very up with pop culture, as you can tell. <laughs> but... The Star Wars episodes for George has put him in a really uh, big net worth, and obviously he sold 
um, the Star Wars franchise of Disney, who now owns that, uh, which has lifted his coffers. Uh, musician Paul McCartney at $2.2 billion, And, of course, the investing legend Warren Buffett sitting at a cool $103 billion. So with the first two examples, Elon and Jeff, they've got a majority of their net worth actually tied up in their businesses that owner-operate, uh, which can go up and it can go down. And we've seen massive volatilities in the position of people's net worth. I just remember growing up as a kid, Blaze, was just thinking that there's only one person that came to mind when I was in like high school. It was like Bill Gates. Bill Gates was the richest person in the world. He used to top all the, the Forbes list of being, you know, super duper, um, you know, wealthy. Uh, but these lists change all the time as people's uh, assets and liabilities shift. So yeah, it's pretty pretty good if you're Elon or Jeff. Oh, it's pretty nice up there, isn't it? What about if you're our reptilian overlord, Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> Well, he's sitting at a cool $118 billion, so I think he's quite happily living that re- reptilian lifestyle as a cool billionaire, uh, if you think of Mark that way. But, um, you know, one of the... <laughs> well, this this really caught me my surprise, Blaze, because you often think that everybody that's in the public space might have a really big net worth. And I don't think this is validated, but uh, some websites are putting Lindsay Lohan's net worth at a mere $800,000, which what? if you've seen some of the things that she's been up to recently, like promoting cryptocurrency projects, you kind of almost almost believe that. So some people's net worth can rise in their lifetime, but can also fall. And this is very true for people who are sports stars that are very, very big in the prime of their life, but obviously have a much longer life to live and can't sustain that when they're not actually on the field or playing the sports or generating those revenue from all the sponsorship deals in their twilight years. So... It's a listen to everybody that it's a number that can go up and it can go down as well. All right. What about, okay, so those are famous people, Lindsay Lohan, Jeff Bezos, Paul McCartney. All right. What about regular people like you and me? Like what's, for someone in Australia, what's a normal net worth that's not a billionaire? I don't want to hear about Gina Reinhardt or Clive Palmer's that are absolutely rolling in it. For a regular person, where does it sit? Well, the median, and we're going to go through a couple of different age groups here. So if you're 20 years old, just like we said before, that even if you have a negative net worth, it's nothing to be ashamed about or feel down about because the number is actually negative for that cohort of people. It's sitting at negative $2,430. So not a positive in terms of the net worth, but it just goes to show that if you're a 30-year-old, your net worth on average climbs to about $31,025. And then in your 40s actually climbs to $97,425. And stats from the ABS also tell us that if you're in your 40s where your income should be the highest, uh, your net worth when you hit your 50s will end up being somewhere almost close to $200,000 at $194,850. So it just goes to show that having more birthdays can actually increase your net worth, which is pretty true, right? Because if you bought a property, you typically bought that in your late 20s or your early 30s and maybe even your 40s, and you're paying that loan off, and that is going to be people's biggest asset is the property that they own that attributes to their overall net worth. Interesting. That made me think, so where does super would be, super would fit into your into your assets as well then, wouldn't it? 
Absolutely, yes. So superannuation for most people listening to this podcast probably can't touch that until they're like 65 or even 67 years old. So it's something that gets squirreled away, but it is on your asset side of your equation of net worth. And that will grow hopefully with time as you contribute more towards superannuation balances and see that number grow as you head into retirement where naturally you cash out your superannuation, you draw that down over time. So yeah, superannuation is a, is a big part of a lot of people's net worth as well. Speaking of watching it grow, how do you grow your net worth? What do, what, what, how can you improve it? Well, Blaze, avoiding liabilities where possible, and this is, we talked about this before on the pod around good debt and bad debt. And I think that a lot of people that, you know, take out loans to buy properties, you know, largely you would consider that good debt. Uh, because you need a place to stay. And if you own that, you develop an asset that you could potentially lend against in the future to even buy more investment properties um, or just have a property that you own that's fully paid off that you have the flexibility to do whatever you want with in the future that has a tangible value to somebody else. Uh, where you can spend less than you earn. Well, the FIRE community is really big on trying to live off the center of an oily rag where you want to minimize your <laughs> burden rate uh, so the amount that you spend each and every single month uh, on expenses to be as low as possible so you put more money in savings so then you can grow your net worth faster. Um, beefing up your savings rate, so putting your money stashed away in either a term deposit or a, another asset class can, can return you a rate of return. And of course, avoiding lifestyle creep because as we get older, our incomes improve, but also going and buying things at the supermarket where you're upgrading from like Orange C to nudie you know there's like a four dollar difference there oh, yeah. and once you get once you get used to nudie man they're right oh. and they're going back to to orange c <laughs> so you gotta be very careful because that can can really really catch a lot of people by surprise is that they're earning more money but their actual net worth is increasing because they're spending more as their lifestyle improves so that's something to watch out for in terms of growing your overall net worth now it's just to say that you shouldn't be enjoying life and you shouldn't be enjoying a nudie orange juice when you can but just know that every single time that you spend more, when you earn more, you're actually not moving forward in your net worth as fast as you can by potentially having the same amount of spending as your previous job and you're squirreling away that cash uh, to you know increase your net worth so you can have more options in the future about living a more financially free life. Yeah, for sure. I think lifestyle creep is something to be something to be aware of. And uh, yeah, avoiding lifestyle creep is a really, really good way to beef up your your earnings and then entang your net worth, I guess. Thank you, Dan, for the breakdown on net worth. And to you, Dan, and to those listening and to myself, I wish us all prosperous, bountiful, growing, ever-growing net worths for our future. Thanks for tuning in to another installment of the We Talk Sense podcast. If you've got anything for us, then please head to Instagram, slide into our DMs at Money. Blaze and I would love to hear from you. Any topics that you want to cover off, any questions you've got about the podcast, uh, we love listening to your questions and then presenting them back to you onto the show. The biggest favor that you can give Blaze and I is to head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. It would mean the world to us to give your feedback and to help others find the channel easier. Thank you so much for tuning in to We Talk Sense. It has been a pleasure, as always, delivering you money news and know-how. We will be back next Monday. We'll catch you then. See ya. Bye.